we're going to jump in. We've been talking, we started a new series called Living in the Presence. Um, it's one of the things that God uh, spoke to me at the beginning of the year was about, it's, neat, we, it's going to be a year of, of just maintaining a lifestyle in the presence of God. Um, as we looked at last week, you know, we can't get away from his presence. David says, if, 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 I, if I rise to the top of the mountain, you're there. If I make my bed in hell or in Sheol, the underworld, he said, I find you there. He said, I could go to where the sun doesn't shine anymore, and I still will find you. You can't get away from God's presence. But living in a world that we live in, sometimes it's hard to remember that his presence is there. Sometimes it's hard to remember that we're always in his presence and we, we're never getting outside of his presence. And so this is what I believe that God has for us for 2022 is we are going to intentionally focus on the presence of God. Uh, just to give you a, a warning of what's coming up, in March we're going to uh, do a thing here every day for one hour of coming in, not praying, not trying to, to, to call down heaven because how many of you know, where's heaven, where's the kingdom of heaven? It's in you. It's what Jesus said. He said the kingdom of heaven is within you. So what we're going to come in and do, and Idris going to head this up for us, is we're going to come in, put on some just nice soaking music, and we're going to sit in the presence of God, and we're going to listen. We're going to see what he has to say. He may tell you something for us corporately. He may tell you something for, but we're going to do this for the whole month. Our, we're going to suspend our, even our Wednesday nights for this to come in and we're going to just dive in to the presence of God for a month and just as together. So let me, to make plans, come out and be a part of that. It's going to be an hour and evening. Okay, uh, we'll give you more time on that. But I believe that this is where God wants us to be is in his presence. Let's start out. Let's go to uh, Psalms 139. Psalms 139. <clears throat> Man, God's good. Mm. Psalms 139 verse 3. And I'm reading from the expanded version. He says, you know where I go, where I sit down and where I lie and where I lie down. You know everything I do. Lord, before I say a word, you already know all of it. You are all around me. You hem me in. In front and in back, you have put your hand on me. Your knowledge is amazing, wonderful, and overwhelming to me. It is more than I can understand, and I am not able to grasp it. Where can I go to get away from your spirit? Where can I run from you? If I climb to the heavens, you are there. If I lay down in the grave or Sheol, uh, it's the grave, the underworld, he said, you're there. If I rise with the sun in the east on, its, on the wings of the dawn and set on the west beyond the sea, even there you would guide me. Your right hand would hold, grasp, seize me. Oh my goodness, folks. That's what David understood. He found the place and what it was like to live in the presence of God. To understand that he can never, if we would grab that, Amy, if we would grab hold of the fact that we are always Emily, living in the presence of God and no matter where we go and no matter what kind of hell goes on in our lives, Sally, he is there that we can never, and his right hand is going to reach out. It's going to grasp us. It's going to hold on to us. He's never 
never going to let us go. He's never going to let us get out of his reach, but he'll hold us to the very end. Amen? Makes my son-in-law uncomfortable when I hold his hand. (laughs) He said, no matter where I go, you grasp me, you seize me, you hold me. Look at verse 11. I could say to the darkness, the darkness will hide me. Let the light around me be turned into night. And here's here's the one I love, verse 12. But even the darkness is not dark to you. He said the night shines like the day. And darkness and light are the same to you. So David says there, he says, I could say darkness, just surround me. Hide me from God's presence. But standing in God's presence, he said, even the darkness is day to him. But night and day are the same thing that we can never get outside of his presence. I don't know where the idea came from, Galen, that says that we somehow can get out of God's presence. That somehow that he removes himself. We serve an omnipresent God who is everywhere at all times. And he is with you in the muck and in the mire. And he's with you when you're riding high on top of the hill. We serve a God that is always going to be there. And he is not willing for you to even call darkness down on yourself that he won't light it up. (laughs) Now, I told you last week, you're going to hear a lot of quotes uh, from Brother Lawrence. Um, and how many of you have looked at the book yet? Amy went out and bought several of them. Um, but Brother Lawrence was a monk uh, in the French hills. She's throwing them out now. Uh, in, in the French countryside just outside of Paris in the 1600s. He became known because people would go around him and they would just find calm and peace because he focused on the presence of God in everything he did. And and I want to read this quote to you from Brother Lawrence. He says, he is always near you and with you. Leave him not alone. (laughs) You would think it rude to leave a friend alone who come to visit you, who came to visit you. Why must God be neglected? Now, if, if, if a friend came to your house and said, hey, I'm just going to visit with you, you wouldn't get up and just say, well, I'm glad you was here. Well, I'm, you stay as long as you want, but I'm going to bed. <laughs> he says, you wouldn't neglect a friend who had came to visit you. He said, why would you leave God neglected? He said, do not then forget him, but think on him often. Adore him continually. Live and die with him. This is the glorious employment of a Christian. This is the glorious job of a Christian, he said. To live in the presence of God. To constantly be aware. To live and die with him. To constantly be. This is your job. Yeah, we want to tell the world about Christ. Yes, that's that's given. But we, in the middle of us trying to win the world, don't lose the fact that we have the God with us. Amen. That we have him with us at all times. He said, this is the glorious employment of a Christian. In a world, in a word, sorry, this is our profession. 
If we do not know it, we must learn it. That this is our profession. That if we don't, see this is why you can go before God and be confident that he's gonna answer your prayers. See, we have this idea that when we come into prayer that we're coming into the presence of God and that somehow he doesn't understand what we've gone or he doesn't know what we've gone through or what we've dealt with or what we've been facing and we're thinking we're giving him some big news that all of a sudden he's like, oh, I didn't know. No, when you come before God, you're coming before him because you've always been with him. This is why we can have such confidence that our prayers will be answered. This is why Hebrews said, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. We can come boldly because there's no separation between he and I. There's not been, he's always been with me. And so I'm not going in saying, hey, you know, I know I haven't been around in a while. Well, you may not have been around for a while, but he's always been there for you. You may have been somewhere totally where, wherever you were, but he's always there. And he's always gonna be there or else we can't claim him to be omnipresent. Come on. So today, how, even in a culture where it seems that People embrace everything else. How do we constantly remember that we're in the presence of God? And today I am absolutely stealing from the title Brother Lawrence's book. We have to practice the presence of God. This is a practice. This is something you do daily because, you know, they asked uh, Martin Luther one time, and said, why do we, we have to hear the gospel so much? He said, because we forget it so often. <laughs> so why do we practice the presence of God? Because sometimes in the hustle and bustle of life and everything that comes and everything that goes, we forget that he's there. And so today what we want to look at is, is we're going to look at several verses, you know me. Uh, but we're going to look at one main verse, and I believe that this verse it, it, it explains to us how to practice the presence of God. It's Isaiah chapter 30, verse 15. Isaiah 30, verse 15. And I'm gonna read it out of the Passion Translation. He says, oh mercy, Lord Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel says, come back to me. The Lord Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel says, come back to me. <clears throat> and by returning and resting in me, you will be saved. In quietness and trust, you will be made strong. But look at this last one. But you refused. He says, come back to me. And in rest and 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 in, in rest, by returning and in rest, is it, there you'll be saved. Now, when our mind, when we think about that, our mind goes back to, okay, the word saved. That means that I once was lost, now I'm found. But that's not what the word even, is even talking about there. Um, the word there, especially when he says it's repentance. If you're reading out of King James, it says repent. And that word repentance means 
it doesn't mean that we're coming back necessarily out of this big sin because he's talking to believers here. This is what he said to the children of Israel. His chosen people. He said, come back to me, return. And that word there is Shubah. Now, do I have that on there? Uh, who's back there today? Michael. Shubah means this. It means to press in. It means to enter a tent or a place of habitation. To settle in and to remain. So what he's saying there, he said, come back to me. Come back to the tent where your dwelling place is. Come back to the tent of habitation. Come back to the place where you and I can settle in and I relate. See, sometimes we get focused on bills. We get focused on sickness. We get focused on COVID. We get focused on politics. We get focused on all these things. And all of a sudden we think, oh my, oh my, the world is falling apart. Everything's going wrong. We got to remember, he says, come back to me. Come back to the place where our habitation is together and all of these other things doesn't really matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it means to enter the tent. It means to come back to the place of habitation. So to live in the presence of God, we need to come back to where it all started. Where he is everything. I sprung that last song on the praise team today. They didn't know I was going to sing it. Because I didn't know I was going to sing it till right before service. And I ran in the back, grabbed the chords and threw them at Dee and said, here. <laughs> but I thought about it, it says, I'll be okay. You see, you can't have that feeling. You can't have that thought. You can't have that knowledge if you're living outside of the place of habitation. And this is why he says, come back to me, to repent, to come back to the place where it was you and I, where it was only us, where we understood that with this is our first love. See, if we're ever really going to hear from God, then we're going to have to practice this. Or else you're trying to listen to his voice through all the other noise. They can say some of the best things to me. But if I'm not in the room where she's at, I may miss them. Or I've got the TV on. Or I've got all these other voices that's screaming in my ear. I miss. Remember when the prophet was afraid he was going to die? One day he calls fire down from heaven. Burns up water burns up a sacrifice the next day he gets scared he runs into the wilderness isn't it funny how we can go from one big victory and all of a sudden something else happens and we wonder where's God we just saw him do something miraculous we just saw him do something great it's why because we've walked outside and if we find him <coughs> we find Elijah hiding in a, in a cave and God said what are you doing here what are you doing here? This isn't where I'm living. And he says, God, I just need to hear your voice. <laughs> and here comes a, a, an earthquake and God's not there. And here comes this big giant wind. There's not, and God's not there. But his word says, then comes a still small voice. 
a whisper. See, if he's whispering to you and you're not in the tent, how many times have we missed him in his presence? See, if we're going to practice his presence, Brent, we're going to have to go back to where he is. Quit letting everything else be our main focus. Quit letting everything else consume our thoughts, consume our minds, consume everything about it, and we go back to the tent where he's at. We go back to the place of habitation. See, we have taken the presence of God and we've tried to relegate it to time frames. Church, prayer, worship, praise, and we think, okay, this is the time frame where I'm in God's presence. Everything else, I'm just living life. I'm in God's presence when I'm at church. Oh, it's so good to be in God's place. Okay, now it's time to go back. And I've, I've actually heard people say it to me. You go back to, you, well, time to go back to the real world. What are we going to say? This isn't the real world. This is the place we exist. This is the place we live. But it's in his presence. It's so much more real than everything else that comes. Everything else is temporary. It comes, it goes, it changes, it's going to ebb, it's going to flow. But in his presence, he's always steady. And we'll miss his words if we relegate his presence to time frames. To 40 minutes of worship or 30 minutes of praise or or an hour a week at prayer. Let me read Brother Lawrence again. He said, why should we be satisfied with a brief moment of worship? With such meager devotion, we restrain the flow of God's abundant grace. If God can find a soul filled with a lively faith, he pours his grace into it in a torrent which having found an open channel, gushes out exuberantly. In Isaiah 30, he said, come back to me. Repent. Come back to the tent. You know what he's actually saying, Pastor Ted? He's telling the children of Israel, quit trying to do this your way. Come back to the house and do it Father's way. Quit trying to do it your way. Quit trying to... Uh, 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 go out here and make it. Well, if I'm, not, if I'm going to make it, I'm going to have to make it on my own. You can't, you can't make it on your own. If I make it on my own, I know what kind of mess I've made myself. <laughs> I'm not the only one. I know what kind, I can make a good mess. But he says, come back. Quit trying to do it your way. If we're always going, you've heard this. If we always do what we've always done, you're going to get what you've always got. Maybe it's time to do something different. Maybe it's time to give it all up and come back to the presence. Come back to the tent. Come back to the place where we're operating in a perfect relationship with him. You know, I don't know if, if, I don't know if uh, Einstein actually said it or not, but it's, it's, it's given to him that the definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Well, when are we going to learn? Why are we so much like the children of Israel where we just keep trying to do it our own way? And the place he's calling us back to is a place of safety. 
The place he's calling us back to is a place of rest. The place he's calling us back to is a place where we can hear him if he whispers and we know we hear him if he shouts. That's living in the presence of God. That's what he said, come back to me. And in returning, go to Isaiah 20, uh, where are we going, 26. Isaiah 26, verse three. Oh, he said, perfect, absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed with you. If you're reading King James this morning, it says, and he'll set him at perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. But I like how the passion says it there. It says, perfect and absolute peace surrounds those whose imaginations are consumed by you. They confidently trust you. See, if our imaginations are filled with everything else, we can't confidently trust God. Verse four, and yes, trust in the Lord Yahweh forever and ever. For Yah, the Lord God is your rock of ages. See, peace is only gonna be found when our mindset is right. When our mindset is right, well, what's the mindset that we have to have, Greg? The mindset is, is I am so wrapped up in the presence of God that I can't get out of his presence and no matter what kind of mess I find my life in, I am still in his presence. And no matter how bad of a mess I've made it out of, of myself, I'm still in his presence. And no matter how long I have blown it, I am still in his presence. And I know that in here is where I need to be. See, when the mindset is right, then all of a sudden we understand that we're not separated from him. Amen. And we can rest. Assured. Go back to Isaiah 30. If our work, our entertainment, our families, everything else consumes our every thought, or it's not practicing his presence. Isaiah 30, 15. He said, the Lord Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel says, come back to me. By returning, now look at this. This is how he says you'll be saved. Delivered is what that word is. Okay? By returning and what? Now, wait a minute. How can I rest and be saved? How is coming back to the house and resting? God doesn't want your life so... He says, you want to find peace? You want to find deliverance? You need to come back to where it's me and you, and you need to rest in my presence. Oh, my goodness. The word rest there, guys... It's the ancient Hebrew word, nakath. And I probably butchered that, but that's all right. And it means it's a place of burden, of quiet, and rest from burdens. It's a place of quiet and rest from burdens. God wants you to come back into his house. And when you come back in, Everything that's burdening, burdening you, everything that you've been carrying, everything that's just, am I the only one that's ever had those days? I had one, let me tell you, I had one of those days yesterday. I, I let things get, I got, let something go on and got me frustrated, Bob. I'm like, daggone, it's gonna cost me this, this, and this. And, and I was frustrated. And I had, to, I had to remind myself, I had to come, I had to take my own, own, own message, Sally. I had to come back to the place where it was me and him 
and I had to rest. If I wanted to see deliverance, I had to come back to the place where I was going to lay my burdens down, where I was going to unburden myself. Well, if I don't worry about it, then nobody will. (laughs) Then you don't know that you're in the presence of God. It's his job to worry about his children. Do, do, Do any of your kids or grandkids worry about if they come to your house, they're going to have food? They're going to have clothes? They're going to have power? No, they come home. I am 50-something years old. I can't remember right now. I go to West Virginia. I go to Dad's house. I just open up the refrigerator and get what I want out of it. I don't ask. If it's the last one, Steve, I don't care. I'm going to take it. You know why? Because he doesn't care. My father says when I walk in his house, anything that is his is mine. That's the privileges of my relationship with him. And so he says, come back to me. Come back to the place where it's me and you and lay your burdens down. Don't bring them in here. I'll take care of it. Leave them at the door. My goodness. Rest. It's a place of quiet. It's a place of rest from burdens. It's a place of rest from the enemy. Why is it so important that God told us to rest? Because God understands the importance of rest. Look at this. One of the benefits of rest, I'm gonna give you about six or eight, I don't know, 10. Sleep or rest, okay? What does it do? First off, it boosts your immune system. If you don't get enough rest, Your immune system is not high. Why do you think he said, come to me and rest? Because everything that ails you can be cured in my presence. I'll boost your immune system to where no plague will come nigh your dwelling. Come in here where your burdens can lay down and I will boost your immune. Just rest. Just come in and settle out. Chill. The same thing if rest will do, sleep. It improves your memory. See, this is why he says rest. What do you mean? What do I I have to remember? That God is good and God is good and God is good and God is good. What do I have to remember? I have to remember the word of the Lord that sustains me and keeps me. Matter of fact, he told in the New Testament, he says, I'll bring all things to your remembrance. But you have to come to the place of rest. Because if you don't come to the place of rest, everything else is going in your mind. And when words should be coming out of your mouth, fear's coming out of your mouth. Try it over here. Come on. Sleep, it restores and energizes. He said, come to me, come back to me, and then returning and rest you'll find deliverance. Why? Because rest will energize you. Rest will help you stay mentally and emotionally fit. Rest stimulates creativity. It improves concentration and productivity. It improves your health. It beautifies, get this, and slows down the aging process. I know, yeah, it's funny because only the women got excited over that. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Brent's excited. <laughs> Folks, this is important. This is what God wants. He says, come back to the place of habitation. Come back here and rest. Why? Because I'll even slow down the aging process. Come on. In his presence, everything stops. Time, space, all of it just is so wrapped up. When we live in his presence, our memory improves. Our looks improve. Says it beautifies. Some of you need it. <laughs> Listen, living in rest, when we get enough rest, it says it makes us happier. Why do you think God said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest? God wants this. He can improve everything about your life when you learn to rest in the fact that you exist in the presence of God. My goodness, folks. And finally, it makes you happier. And it, sleep and rest. Now, these are just natural things. It can lessen the experience of pain. Rest lessens pain. I've got a nurse back here shaking her head. She knows. Folks, why do you think God says, come back to me? Now, if we go back to Isaiah 30 here in a second and read the last line, what was the last line? But you refuse. You hard-headed people. You stiff-necked, hard-headed. I'm giving you everything to make your life. To, I'll take your burdens. I'll make you better looking. I'll improve your memory. I'll improve your health. I'll do everything, but you still refuse and you're still trying to do it your way and you're still trying to be concerned with everything else and your employment. I like what Brother Lawrence said there. Your employment, your main profession is to live in his presence. My goodness, he'll take care of everything about your life. Oh, I know I'm, I'm doing a lot more teaching than you're all used to. <laughs> Matthew chapter 11 Oh, glory. I like what he says here in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. And I'm reading out the passion still. He says, are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. Same thing he said in Isaiah. Come back to me. He said, are you weary carrying a heavy burden? Come to me and I will refresh your life for I am your oasis. Hmm. Simply join your, this, listen how easy God has made this, folks. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways. And you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. I just don't know if I can live right enough to please God. Well, I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you think that because he tells me there that he's easy to please. <laughs> Now, Carol may not be easy to please. <laughs> Just look straight ahead, Ernie. <laughs> but God's easy to please. He says, just come, to, just come over here. Why are you out here trying to deal with all this junk? Why are you out here trying to mess with all this stuff? All you have to do is come to me. Live in my presence. Come back to the house where it's just you and me. And in rest, 
you'll be delivered. You'll be saved. He said, simply join your life with mine, learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, and easy to please. You'll find refreshment and rest. All those benefits I just read to you is what you'll find in the presence of God. Verse 30, for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Now, the King James Version says, my yoke. A yoke, if you know what yoke is, it's, it's this big wood thing that they'd stick on top of an ox's neck to guide it and direct it. And, God, and it, was, it was an instrument of work. God says, my instrument of work for you, this is how hard I'm gonna make you work for it. It'll be pleasant and it'll be easy to bear. See, this is why when people tell me, well, I just can't live a Christian life, it's just so hard. They, they've never been introduced to the right God. They've been introduced to religion's God. They've not been introduced to relationship God. Come on. Because he's easy to please and the work that he acquires of you is easy. It's an instrument. (laughs) Sometimes you have to learn to say no to some things in order to do the best thing. What do you mean by that, Pastor? What I mean by that is everything is supposed because you'll have everything in the world pull on you. Come do this, come do that, come do this. Can you do this, can you do that, can you do this? Does this sound like anybody's life besides mine? (laughs) Can we do, can we do, can we do, can we do? Sometimes you have to say no because when you get that busy, it pulls you out of his presence. And let me tell you, life is really easy to walk outside the tent and everybody, everything's going here. Gimme, give gimme, give gimme, give gimme, 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 gimme. Sometimes we just say no. And we step back in the tent and we walk out. Brother Lawrence said this, look at here. He said, let us thus think often that our only business in this life is to please God. That perhaps all is folly and vanity. Let us often think that our only business is to please God. Well, how do I please him? By remaining in his presence. It's not hard, folks. Back to Isaiah 30, 15. And the Lord Yahweh, the Holy One of Israel says, come back to me by returning and resting in me, you will be saved. See, those are the things, the things we've already talked about. That's where deliverance is. Look at what he says here. And in quietness and trust, you'll be made strong, but you refuse. That word saved there, we're not gonna cover it real, but that word saved is Yasha, which is likened to a shepherd that watches over his sheep to destroy the enemy when he attacks. But what else did he say there? He says, in quietness and trust, you will be made strong. How can I be made strong in quietness? Quietness is, is shakat. It means tranquility. It means a deeper than physical rest, but it's a complete peace in the spirit and the mind. It means to be completely undisturbed. It is a willful knowledge and a commitment for your mind to take authority over your thoughts. What did Corinthians tell us? Bring all your thoughts into captivity. 
Nobody's going to make your thoughts captive but you. If your mind's running away with everything else, you're the one that has to take that captive. You can create quiet in your own mind, in your own life. He says it is a complete commitment to quiet ourselves before God. Go to Isaiah 32. We're, we're getting ready. We're landing this thing. This is the practice. This is how we practice his presence. In Isaiah 32, he says in verse 17, the work of righteousness, uh-oh, what's the work of righteousness? Shall be peace. That's what, what's what righteousness produces in you. The work of righteousness shall be peace. And the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a peaceable habitation and in sure dwellings and in quiet restings. But what he's saying in Isaiah 30, verse 15, at the end of it, but you refuse. He said, look, righteousness is going to create quietness in you. Righteousness is going to create peace in you. Righteousness is going to create a relationship between you and God where all is good and you can sit in his presence and that your whole duty in life is to live in the presence of God. Now, how hard is that? <laughs> back to verse 30 that's quietness go ahead Bob. in Isaiah 30 verse 15 come back to me by returning and resting you will be saved in quietness and trust you will be made strong but you refused in quietness you're made strong not in busyness you're made strong not in trying to work to get it all done, you're made strong. When you're quiet. And what this word trust, that word, the word trust here is bitkah, bitkah. This word is only used one time in the Bible and it's right here. This word is only used one time in the Bible and it's right here. And it means, this is what that word trust means there. It means Holding on or clinging on to someone or something for support and safety. So this is the picture God has painted for us in Isaiah 30. To practice my presence, first you've got to come back. You're out here trying to do your own thing. Come back to the house. Come back to where you can hear my voice. Come back to where I can speak into your spirit. And when you return and you repent and, and, and you, you're coming back to this place and then when you rest in me, when you lay all the burden down and you forget everything else and you make it your employment to be in my presence, it's your main purpose in life is to be in the presence of God. He said, and there you'll be saved. And then he said, in quietness, where you're not, you're, everything else you, you're putting out of your mind, all the fear, all the doubt, all the confusion you're putting out of your mind. And in trust, when you hold on to me, I, I can't help but think of the, the woman when she came in behind Jesus to wash his feet. When she broke her box over his feet, she was on her knees, wrapped around his feet. I can't help but think of the woman who pushed in 
through the crowd because she had said in herself, if I can just get to Jesus, I'll be healed. And she reached out and she grabbed hold. This is that word trust. That word trust, folks, this is so powerful that it's only used one time and it's right here. It means to hold on, to grasp on, to never let go for support and safety. It is a state and a place of safety. Psalms 4, verse 8. This is how we practice his presence. We go back to the house. We lay the burdens down. We get quiet and we wrap ourselves right around his feet. And we hang on because it's the only thing that we can trust. And Isaiah, not Isaiah, in Psalm chapter four, verse eight, he says, now because of you, Lord, I will lie down in peace and sleep comes at once. Well, I don't ever do that. Listen, my wife can think about sleep and go to sleep. Some of y'all struggling this morning because it's nice and warm in here and Rich not preaching hard. <laughs> but, but that's what he says. He says, you'll go into a place where it's quiet and you'll lay down. You see, living in God's presence, it causes you to rest. He says, I will lay myself down and I will be at peace and sleep will come at once. If you want to sleep, man, hold on to him. For no matter what happens, now I love this. Rachel, no matter what happens, I will live, he says, unafraid. No matter what happens, I'm going to live unafraid. Why? Because I know I'm always in the presence of God. No matter what happens, I'm going to live unafraid because I know that if it all falls in around my ears, I am in the presence of God. And he has my back, he has my burden, he has my struggles, he has my trials. Jump over just a few pages to Psalm 9. Verse 9. All who are oppressed may come to Yahweh as a high shelter in a time of trouble, a perfect hiding place. For everyone who knows your wonderful name keeps putting their trust in you, they can count on you for help no matter what. Oh Lord, you will never no, never neglect those who come to you. This is practicing his presence, making a conscious effort to go back to him, laying all the burden, all the thoughts, all the fears, all the noise down, getting quiet, wrapping our arms around him, holding on to him for dear life. This is living in his presence, and this is my main focus of the day. How can I do this and still do my job? Because this is something that's going to happen spiritually. This has nothing to do with what's going on out here. This is what I do spiritually. Henry Blackaby said this. Uh, he used to say, your lack of confidence in your prayer life says more about, uh, says more about you than about God. Now, going back, one last scripture. We're going to close with a, a quote too. But I want to go back to Isaiah 30, verse 15. I want to read this to you out of the Passion Translation. Not the Passion Translation, the Message Translation. God the Master, the Holy One of Israel, has this solemn counsel. Your salvation requires you 
to turn back to me. And stop your silly efforts to save yourself. Wow. I can stop there and be happy. Stop your silly efforts to deliver yourself. Your strength will come from settling down in complete dependence on me. The very thing you've been unwilling to do. Now, I don't know if that's talking to you this morning, but I know I experience it, that there's times when I'm just not willing to do it and I find myself disturbed. And I have to remind myself, oh, get back over here. It's so much easier in his presence, so much easier in his tent. Long quote, Brother Lawrence, to quote this, and this is where we're going. <laughs> Man. Yours, oh, anyone says, he does not ask much of us, merely a thought of him from time to time. A little act of adoration, sometimes to ask for his grace, sometimes to offer him your sufferings. That sounds hard, don't it? At other times to thank him for the graces, past and present. He has bestowed on you in the midst of your troubles to take solace in him as often as you can. Lift up your heart to him during your meals and in company. The least little remembrance will always be most pleasing to him. One need not cry out very loudly. He is nearer to us than we think. And doing this causes us to live and practice the presence of God. This takes practice. You know why? Because most of us don't want to get quiet. Most of us don't want to just rest because we've been so conditioned to go, 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 do, do, do. But I want to encourage you this week. Let your main employment be, I'm going to get in the presence. I'm going to make myself more consciously aware of the presence of God in my life than anything else. And just see how much easier life gets. See how much easier the week gets. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. I thank you that you give us the opportunity just to look at your word a little more. Lord, let us always practice your presence. Let us walk according to your word in the way that you want. Father, let us come back to you. Let us repent. Let us come back into the house where you have called us to live. And let us always live with a conscious mindset of in your presence is where we'll always be. I ask you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.